Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how to's, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hey guys, today I'm here with my husband, one of my favorite guests to have, Jesse Maestas. She's paying big bucks. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I was recently talking to my neighbor and she loves the podcast, which is super sweet. And she basically just said every episode needs to be about why this sucks so bad. So obviously I don't want it to be every episode, but I totally agree with her that we should talk about why this sucks so bad. Why is this so hard on us, this isolation? And I really believe that knowledge is power. And the more that we know, the more that we can have control over our thoughts and our actions. And so maybe if we understand a little bit more deeply why this is affecting us at our core so much and why the confusion is causing our minds to run rampant and why we're struggling with anxiety right now, that it might make things a little bit easier. And we pray that this is coming to an end and that there will be adjustments to our society. But what if there isn't? I think we need to prepare for maybe the worst Um, and hope for the best, but allow our minds to go there just in case it doesn't end when we want it to end because we don't have control over this situation. I mean, as you were talking in my mind, I was just thinking of how crazy it would be if this is like now there's just this new virus, this new flu. And every year, maybe once or twice a year, like we have this high number of deaths or like people trickling in. Like it's scary, like not knowing. And I feel like that's been the most frustrating thing about this whole virus is information seems to be changing almost daily. Like new information comes in and they're like, wait, it's super serious. And then wait, it's actually not as bad as it was. And then wait, it actually is really bad. So I think, you know, it is, it's kind of weird. It's weird to think, you know, that, this could be the new norm. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest issues it seems is like the unknown. We are humans who like control. And I think that we idolize control. And I think that what Satan means for bad, God uses for good. And one thing that I've seen in my life and so many of my friends' lives is that they're realizing that they have this massive idol of comfort and of control that they want to hold the world in their hands, so to speak, and know what's going to happen tomorrow. But the Bible says, don't say that you're going to such and such a place because you have no idea what tomorrow will bring. 
God is in control of your eyes opening tomorrow. He's in control of this world and he can use this virus for good, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy and that doesn't mean that it isn't volatile and horrible and vile. So why does this suck? Why is this bothering us so much? Number one, we are adjusting to new roles without preparation. So homeschooling, that's one thing like our family members, my brother and sister-in-law are like dying with homeschool because they feel like they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to do this. And it seems like a common thread. I've seen posts. uh, My neighbors are feeling the same way and just not having any idea how to handle home life and homeschooling. And I think one really important point that I've seen made specifically by homeschooling parents is that this is actually nothing like homeschooling because with homeschooling, you can leave the house, you can go and explore, you guys get to take breaks. And right now, we don't have a getaway opportunity. We don't have the chance to just like vent. Many of us don't even have the chance to have a babysitter or like we've been at home. Jesse's been working more, but I've been at home with my kids trying to school Sutton, who's only in preschool, while not having any breaks whatsoever Um, aside from like when they sleep. And so it's exhausting. And then kids just really don't want to learn at home. They want to play. They don't want to learn from their parents if that's not something they're already used to. So we're being thrown into something without preparation that is a completely new role. So how would you say, babe, that maybe we could shift our perspective right now in this time to be a little bit more optimistic? I think that's a tough one, mainly because I mean we've we've both just kind of experienced, you know, that it is difficult, and everyone has different situations just based on their career. A lot of people are working from home, and so there's a lot of big changes with the economy as well. I think a lot of jobs are going to be considering this type of stuff in the future. Of like, you know, hey, maybe we should reconstruct how people work. So if this does reemerge in the winter or next spring, we're ready for it and people can just work from home now instead of us having to, you know, rent out these facilities and stuff. So it's it's hard to say just because everyone's situation is different. But I think if there's anything we've kind of learned just through being parents is, you know, these things pass and it's temporary and this too shall pass. Yeah, we say that a lot. Yeah. And it's it's just one of those things that I think if we truly you know focus on that like hey you know what i'm i might not ever get to teach my child this again i might not ever get to have this opportunity or this short time even though it's frustrating like you know it's it's only for a short time yeah that's good and it is it's all about perspective wouldn't you say i think that if we have this mindset and that's why it's been harder for me or would probably agree with this that for me i can like do for a certain amount of time And then when I run out of my lane and I just realize, oh my gosh, I can't see the end of this, I lose all of that energy and I become discouraged. And so I've mentioned in the podcast before in the first episode in the quarantine series that I just have to take it one step at a time. But I think for all of us to know, literally you guys, every single parent I've talked to is suffering (laughs) through schooling. So if you're not, you're doing great. And if you are, you are 1000% not alone. Number two, another reason why this just sucks is because we do not feel productive. I had this moment the other day. I am, I've mentioned a million times, such an achiever. 
And I realized I have some days where I hit like five o'clock and I feel like I've not accomplished a thing. And that is another new normal where we have to readjust our perspective of productivity. So did you feed the kids? Did they survive? Did you work out? Did you get outside in the sun? Like, did you do what you can do with what you've been given? Ask yourself that. Did I do the best that I can do with what I've been given? Some days the answer will just be no because you're exhausted or you don't want to or you feel sad. But most days, if you're just sustaining and you're surviving, that's okay. We are in the midst of a crisis. We are in the midst of something completely foreign to us. And so I think we just have to realize and believe and acknowledge that productivity looks really different right now. I mean, I ain't trying to brag, but (laughs) (laughs) I definitely feel pretty darn productive every single day. A little too productive. Yeah, we've talked about like king of projects. You've actually done a good amount the past few weeks, huh? Yeah. I I mean, I don't I I guess so. I just I feel like I'm always doing little things, but I work's been busy. Some people I I mean, I was talking to my cousin the other day and he was talking about how it mentally was kind of affecting him because all these other people are staying home with, for their jobs. He still has to go into work. He has to get ready every day. Mentally it's hard for him because he feels like some people are on vacation. So there's, I think there's a large portion of you out there that are still being productive, but you're forced into a sucky situation like myself, where you've got kids, your wife is home, like, and you're trying to work, you're trying to focus on your work. And that is the most difficult thing to do to focus on work and like do you feel the tension in his voice i just like see it's like veins popping out of your head there's literally (laughs) no tension in my voice she is a filthy liar um but yeah it's I, i mean it's difficult to focus on work and it's and i just i know those people out there that are like working on these things like we were talking i was talking to my mom my brother in law is doing all of his work from home too but He does these like, you know, detailed maps and like all this like super difficult, tedious to me, boring work, but he loves it and it's a challenge for him. But I can't imagine having to do like detailed, you know, mini maps like that during this time, like with kids running around and stuff. So, yeah, I think that a lot of this is like grass is greener perspective But then also, I mean, I've seen post after post of like some people don't have the luxury to stay home. One of my sweet friends, she's a flight attendant and she goes and she has like two or three people on each flight and she's wearing masks and but she needs her job. I mean, we need our jobs and yet she's putting herself at risk every day. And I know there's so many people who are doing that. And so it's frustrating to see other people who are voicing their anxieties about having to be home and they're thinking, well, I'd love to be home. And then people like me are sometimes like, oh my gosh, I would do anything to just be at work for a little while. Yeah. And and I think also just another thing while you were talking that I was thinking about is the amount of unemployment that's gone up. There's a lot of people out there that are having to do that because they need to support their kids. They need to support themselves. They need to, they're out of work. And I mean, just being in the real estate industry and seeing 
deals and hearing, you know, talking to other realtors and finding out that there's buyers and sellers out there that have either lost their jobs here in New Mexico. They've lost their jobs. They Their pay's been cut. And for me, it's just showed me the gravity of what type of situation we're in, that this is reality. This is what's happening to people. And, and we just don't think of, you know, those unemployment statistics. There's family and people behind every single one of those. And we just need to keep that in mind for the people that are working. You know, we need to be grateful for our busyness during this season. And I think it also needs to put us in a place of if if we are being given, you know, this opportunity to continue to work and to continue to have financial means to support our family, but also if we have extra means to try and support those people that we know that are struggling. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because we've tried to be actionable about serving people and praying, but not only just praying and serving. And we want to encourage others to do the same. Like if you have older neighbors, go out and check on them or ask if you can get their groceries um, or just, I mean, be there, be a friendly face that they can say hello to. But we want to say that if you are struggling or you know someone who's really struggling to like feed their family, to please let us know um, and we'll see what we can do. We wish we could help everyone, but we really want to just be kind of the hands and feet of Jesus right now in any way that we are able to do that. And so please feel free to message me and let me know. But yeah, I fully agree. I think it can get really selfish if I'm honest, because a lot of the perspectives that I've seen that have made my my skin crawl have been like, well, it's just a few deaths or there's only 80 people who are dead or there's only this. And every, just like you said, Jesse, every statistic is a face, is a story, is a family. And I think us having that perspective can really help to shift our thankfulness Because when we're ungrateful for where we're at, like if you're ungrateful in your job or you're ungrateful staying home, it perpetuates and manifests itself into something further where you're angry and embittered at other people when you shouldn't be. Um, Because this isn't anyone's fault. This isn't the people who are working's fault. This isn't the people who are staying home's fault. This isn't our government's fault. Nobody, I mean, aside from all the conspiracy theories, this is just a horrible, vile thing that we need to work together with grace and understanding to get through. This podcast and all of my resources will always be a gift for you guys. They will always be free. However, I have recently set up a Patreon account for donations that will go toward keeping this podcast alive, as well as all of my other ministry platforms, including Instagram and the blog. So if you've ever been encouraged by those things or by this podcast, would you please consider donating the amount of a cup of coffee per month to the Living Easy podcast? This helps to keep everything going and all of the proceeds will be used specifically for the podcast. If so, just go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash living easy. The link is also in the show notes for you guys. Thank you. Number three, we are in the thick of a crisis, a monumental period in history that will be in chapter books for years to come, and we're pretty much doing it alone. God, throughout all of scripture, calls us to be a part of a community, to be in fellowship, to lift one another up, to build one another up, to good works, and we're not able to do that. 
there's only so much FaceTime that can sustain a person. And me as such a social butterfly, you guys, if I'm honest, some days I feel like I'm drowning. Like I just need my friends and a phone call is not going to suffice. And so I struggle. Like I get that itch to just be like, oh, forget all of this, you know, but then reason, my reason and my logic comes back in and I realize like I can do this. I just need to make a phone call work. I need to make what works work right now because it's hard. I, that's probably the hardest part for me. Like I, I just feel like I'm drowning and suffocating some days because I can't have that release and it's a battle. And so if you're feeling that way, like we're going through something extremely hard. And if you don't have a family in your home or people to talk through this with, it is incredibly, incredibly isolating and hard. And so I think in those moments, I would encourage prayer, like on your face prayer and just realizing that God does hear you and does respond because there's, I mean, unfortunately right now it sucks because there just aren't a lot of other options. All right, next, we're going to get a little raw here, but the relationships in our homes, number four, I think this is, the relationships in our homes are really struggling. Uh, We've talked about on the first episode that confusion and fear and worry and limited breaks from one another are causing tensions to rise in our houses with our families. Statistics are rising for like divorce threats and contacting divorce attorneys, and that's really devastating to me but it's understandable like we need to miss people we need separation and Jesse and I had probably one of our largest fights that we've ever had recently and I was so mad and I was feeling like I was just broken because of the words that were said and just the heartache that came with all of it And I had to really step back and realize, look at the situation that we're in. Of course, this is happening. Of course, this is hard. We are both like really trying to keep our heads above water with work while taking care of two very needy, crazy boys. And it's really, really hard to keep things just normal in your home when you don't have a way to have a break. What would you say about that, I guess? And then what would your encouragement be in those moments of struggle with marriages or with parenthood? Well, I I mean, I think just kind of what we've experienced in the past couple of days, like since that fight was just communication. And sometimes we feel like we're really good at communication. And I think that there's areas where we are really good with communication. And there's other things that obviously... You know, when we got in an argument, like there's other things that we just haven't been good with communication in. I think that it's using this time to learn how to communicate better. We were watching those TikTok videos the other day, like because we were so bored and we're just running out of things to do. But we were watching TikTok and one of them, this wife was like, what was she doing? She was doing something to her husband and she was joking with them. And she kept walking up to him in the kitchen and she was saying stuff like super bubbly, like trying to joke with him. And she was like, honey, blah, blah, blah. Like she said his name and he was all, what? You know, she said something, you know, he, he didn't respond. And then he, he like turned around and looked at her. And I just remember looking at like the frustration in his face. I'm like, this guy was. He's going to crack. Yeah. Yeah. I could just see in his face. Like he just seemed so irritated with her. 
And she walked up to him out of nowhere, was just trying to play with him, and he just was immediately just frustrated with her, and he was immediately bothered with her. Those are communication gaps, and that's what, with this time, hash it out. Sometimes a good hash is what helps us get through things. Is that what ours was, a good hash? Yeah, it was a good hash. (laughs) Um, Horrible. But... I, I don't know. I, I think that stuff's needed. And I think sometimes, you know, as long as both people are aiming towards, I want things to be fixed. I want things to be better. And I want things to be stronger in the future. Then, yeah, it should be a good thing to pursue. Yeah, I agree. Based off of what we talked about, we try to find real solutions. And it's uncomfortable to sit there for, what did we talk for, like two and a half hours and just say, okay, Tell me what we talked for like 10 days in a row, <laughs> nonstop, no sleep, no eating, just talked. It feels like that sometimes, but especially for you, because <laughs> you're like, when is this going to be over? But we, I said like, okay, what am I doing to wear you out? Like, what am I doing to make you feel so exhausted? Or what am I not doing that makes you feel so exhausted? And you have to be really honest with one another and it doesn't feel very good. There are things that you brought up to me that were hurtful and that I didn't even realize I was doing and I wouldn't know unless it was communicated and vice versa. There were things I told Jesse, this has to change. Like this can't, we can't continue this way. And even tonight, like an hour ago, I asked you, okay, so how are we holding up? Like, how are things going? How have I been doing with the resolutions that we came to? Am I holding up my end of the deal, basically? And I think those conversations need to happen. And then you guys need to give each other, we need to give each other that space, that grace, the opportunity to grow and just serve one another. Like if your spouse needs time, this is something that I always struggle with, but because I'm greedy with my time with Jesse. If he needs time, I need to give him that time. I need to allow for that time to happen because otherwise... He just is going to internalize and explode. Yeah, and I, and I think that it, it's important to give each other time to unwind, to relax. I mean, we were just kind of talking about you've had more time at home with the kids and with working, you've, you've still had to do a lot. If your spouse needs that time to unwind, you do have to give them that time to unwind. But for the husbands or the wives, that person that is needing that time, you also can't take advantage of the time. Yeah. And and I think that to be fair, I think we've all known I'm always like on the selfish side of, I, I don't know, I have some weird thing in my mind that my mind tells me I need my own personal time, but all day long. <laughs> I Yeah. So I can easily take advantage of that time. So quarantine for me, when they were talking about this, I was like, heck yeah. Give me quarantine. I want quarantine. But if you're that person in the relationship, you can't be selfish with it either. You need to not make an excuse every single time and just continue to say, well, I need another two hours. I need another like or or getting frustrated because you haven't had that. I think it it also plays out and not just asking for more time, but it also can play out in because I, I mean, we all need personal time. So I'm guilty of this, too but in just being agitated or bitter. I don't know when Lindsay's ever needed personal time. (laughs) Really? I think I do. I like to be in my bed 
and like watch a show. She she would like me to just sit there in bed. Well, yeah. Like I know that's what I'm saying. Like you don't actually want personal time. Like you you would want me to just sit there. I want to do what I want to do with you right next to me. Yeah. 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 So that's not really personal time. <laughs> anyway. You also can't get bitter if you don't get it. Because again, we're in a completely, we're in unknown territory right now. And so if you need that space and yet you have kids, you have a wife, like you have a husband, people demanding of your time where you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not my own person anymore. Again, it's that adjustment. This is not going to last forever, but it might last a while. And so how can I shift my perspective, shift my actions, shift our schedule so that we can make this work. But if you're not getting your normal amount of alone time, I think you and you're bitter and you're angry and you're frustrated and taking it out on your family. It's just a heart check, like get in the word and remember like Jesus came to serve and not to be served and love one another like Christ loved the church. Really giving yourself love is unconditional love. God's love is an is a selfless, true, unconditional love. And so I think we need to pour ourselves out in that way. Okay, two more. Guilt. I struggle with this far more than Jesse does. I don't even know if dad guilt is a thing. Jenny Lesko and I talked about this on our episode about mom guilt, but we struggle so much with guilt. And for me, I cannot handle a few hours of screen time. And I know some of you, even friends of mine are like, whatever, I don't care. And I honestly admire that sometimes because Jesse knows like I will have a really bad day if my kids have been on the TV for too long. And it's kind of an obsessive control thing that I need to like find some relaxation with, but I struggle. And so that is hard for me. Um, seeing other people, like I know that friends of mine are struggling seeing other people who are able to still be working and they're finding themselves jealous because they're financially doing okay while they're struggling. And this guilt of where we're at and this jealousy is really detrimental and really harmful to our hearts. And so I think if you're feeling that way and you're looking over the fence and seeing a different way of life or you're just feeling like I'm a failure as a parent, I'm a failure as a wife, I just suck altogether. Remember, coronavirus sucks. And if you let it suck the life out of you, it's going to do that. But I think also right now is a time for adjustment and I'm preaching to myself it's a time for adjusting the schedule. You don't have to have that color-coded schedule. Do not feel guilty if homeschooling isn't working. Like talk to your teacher and say, this isn't working. What are our other options right now? Because if you're living in that guilt and that frustration, I think that's more harmful to your family than just finding freedom. Is like, what do you mean by like you're, if you're experiencing guilt? think it's productivity as a whole like if moms are having to be on their computer parents are having to be on their computers and their kids are not getting as much attention as they normally would I think that creates a lot of guilt in our hearts or not being able to give work as much time as you'd like because you're caring for your kids that creates guilt because you're not working with excellence at least that's what I'm struggling with is like I feel like I'm torn into a million pieces right now and trying to keep up and I just feel this heavy blanket of guilt on my chest because I can't do all of the things well that I've been given to do. Yeah. I, what, one thing about this is just remembering we're all in this, like we're all in the same pool right now. And I know that a lot of us being able to focus on work and not be able to focus on work because you have kids and stuff. I just think there's going to be a time when we all look back 
and like if you saw a report or a blog or like something that you put out of yourself during this time frame, people are going to be like, oh, you did this during coronavirus because we, we can't like it's it's hard to focus on everything during this time because it's also new. It's all so different and there's so much going on right now. And so, yeah. And we all have so many like emotions. Yeah. And so going back to your guilt comment. I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for all all men out there, but I I definitely haven't struggled with the guilt <laughs> thing at all because okay. So speak to how I struggle with it. I don't know. I mean, a story for us would be I don't have any guilt that they're watching TV because I know it's temporary. I know our boys when this is over or when they're with their cousins or they're the most active kids in the world. Like they're not just addicted to their yeah they're not lazy they're not addicted to their tvs or their screens like if they have people with them they want to play i don't even know like it it's your guilt is is hard to determine because i feel like you just tell yourself in your mind that something is is going to ruin that you've brought this up in the past like you think that if they had an hour of screen time like they're going to be ruined if they had a day of tv they're going to be i'm smiling because it's it can't happen. <laughs> yeah. It, they've Our kids have never had a day, an entire day of TV. But if they had a day, your guilt stems from like thinking our children are going to be vegetables for the rest of their life. They're never going to learn anything. They're not going to, you know what I mean? Like it's very extreme. And what's funny about that, because as, as he says that, I'm like, oh my gosh, the last thing I want is anyone listening to feel like, oh, I'm a sucky parent. I screwed up. I let my kids. I mean, not that I think anyone thinks that, but I know how lies can just kind of permeate our minds. And I don't want anyone to feel that way because I have friends who do like, I mean, when they're working, they have no other choice and their kids watch TV a lot or play on their games or whatever it might be. And I genuinely wish I could just have this sense of peace about it but it eats me up to the point I can't get anything done. And that's, I mean, that's probably, it is very much a heart issue I need to work through of control and expectations of my kids and idolizing their circumstances and their outcomes. As we're even speaking about this, I'm like, man, Lord, I really need to talk to my counselor about that. (laughs) But yeah, it dictates a lot. And I just want to encourage those of you who may struggle like me Or those of you who are just more lax and are free that like this is the time that it's okay. It's okay to make real adjustments in your life. Well, and and I think that's where obviously everything is a balance. And I always have that word in my ingrained in my mind is balance, 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 because I don't think that that is okay to just let your kid have 24 seven, seven days a week screen time. If you're not doing anything, like if you don't have things to take care of when there's times when I don't have work that I have to be focusing on, or I don't have laundry or dishes, like when we don't have work and weeds and stuff to do like responsibilities, those type of things are, are when I'm like, you know, Hey, you know, I should be spending time with the boys. And I think if, if you're at home and you have time and it's not that personal time that you're trying to you know take a break from work or something like that like I understand that time's important and maybe you need to go watch your show or you need to read a book while your kids watch an extra half hour or an hour of tv while you kind of unwind 
that way you can focus on your kids. I think that's where the balance is, is knowing your limitations and knowing when it is okay to allow your kids to have, you know, freedoms that you wouldn't necessarily give them on a normal basis just because of our situations. Like Mm -hmm. give yourself a little bit of comfort. If you're someone that's struggling like you with that guilt to like give yourself some comfort and say, you know what? I'm doing this because I'm taking care of my family. I'm showing my kids responsibility. I'm showing my kids work ethic. And when work's done, work hard, play hard. Like, Hey guys, let's go out. Let's go jump on the trampoline. Let's go play some games. And I even want to speak to that, to the dads out there, um, or the men who are going to be dads one day that, I mean, Jesse's been such a huge example in that time with the boys. Like he doesn't just preach that he really lives that out. And I know that there are a lot of men I actually did a TikTok yesterday of Jesse like sent me out and let me have a drive because I needed it. And I came home and laundry, two loads of laundry were done. One load was folded. Kitchen was clean. Living room was cleaned and vacuumed. The boys' rooms were cleaned of toys. Dishes were done. And like this is not a rare thing for him to do. And then on top of that, teamwork like you really are just a teammate with me and you you hold your own and you probably do more than I do some days with like housework he's so fast at it I don't know (laughs) you're so fast that's 30 years of chores (laughs) I didn't have as many chores as he, he did or very many at all but but then there's that and then he plays with our kids like there's no tomorrow. He's on the floor with Legos and he's outside playing soccer and we jump on the trampoline all the time with the kids. And so just for the men out there, like I just really want to encourage just be a teammate, be like you're a partner, like you're supposed to be, like you're called to be, be a man who loves his wife, like he loves himself and and really gives himself to his family um, spend that time. It's not fun, super fun for me, especially with two boys to play on the floor and play like fighting games all the time. But there's just that intentionality that your kids will never forget. And they need that one-on-one, especially right now, you guys, because they don't have this social atmosphere. They don't have school. They, they need that social interaction. They are so moldable right now. And so just to like praise you a little bit, because I appreciate it so much in your heart. And I know that it's not super common, but I do wish that it would be more common. No, I, I thank you for that. Um, it's not easy. And I know I, I struggle with one thing. If you know, if you're like family members listening to this, you would have never thought that I would have a hard time playing with kids. (laughs) I was so immature and like always, always in my own world and playing whatever the heck it was when I was growing up. And I don't think there's a soul around me that thought like I would ever have a hard time playing with kids. So much energy, so much energy. Yeah. But it's not easy. Like when I'm done with work or, you know, even if I've had my free time and it comes time to play with the boys, like sometimes like I have to really try to play with the kids. Yeah. I, I have to like force myself to get in mode because you've been I, I don't know sometimes I feel like I've been too serious for too long because it's hard for me to like take my business hat off and play with the play with the boys and just be like my old self and yeah like just you know I'm gonna have fun with this and 
I've learned the more that I force myself to do it, the better I get at it. The, the more like that inner child is coming out. So watch out because I'm. An- I will take it. I I'm super immature in my own right. And I would love that because you do. You get pretty serious. You're more serious now than you ever were before. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. And I, I don't know. I, I wish that I had like that immature side sometimes, but. I'm definitely going to be walking out in some ninja costume soon because I'm getting a lot of training. But but yeah, it's like just don't guilt yourself that it doesn't come natural either. You know, whether you're the mom or the dad, like I know there was a, a long period with Sutton like where I would just was having a really hard time. I was like, man, I, I used to love doing this when I was little, but I can't get there like mentally can't get there. And so uh, but the more I've just tried to play with him, the more one I've learned to just kind of have fun and be ridiculous and know that like, you know what, who cares if I look silly, if I sound silly, if I'm doing silly things like I'm here to just have fun. And then two, it's creating memories with, you know, my boys that I'll never forget. And that's all we have in this life is like our memories. So try to force yourself to have those moments and those times in your life. I I had read a a study that talked about people always wonder when they get hit their 30s, 40s, and 50s, they feel like life flies by. But when they're younger, those years seem to be so long. Those days and everything, like you just like you thought it was going to be forever before you were 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And now it's like I was 25 and now I'm just, I'm 31. And I'm like, what the heck happened to those like six years? Old man. So she's trailing right behind me. But... <laughs> They, they say that we feel like time was slower because we were triggering like our excitement more and we're learning new things when we were younger. And I just think we need to be doing that now, creating those moments. You know, there's times when I've been playing with the kids, we're playing zombies and hunters or, you know, forts, you know, we're playing with their big fort and stuff. There's little moments where you have these emotional connections and I feel like those emotional moments really stick with you. And those are the ones you always just remember the most. And those moments seem to last longer. And yeah, and same for the kids. And I think they remember those things. And we've learned like Sutton, we freak out that our kids have memories. And but Sutton remembers things like sometimes some of them are like he's like two years old. And he recalls. He knows when he is a crazy kid, though. He has like a crazy mind. I don't know if Saxon's going to be the same. But Sutton, he's like, when I was two years old, do you remember when we did this? And we're like you actually were two years old and that actually happened. It's so bizarre, but it's actually really humbling for me because I agree. I think that we have a lot of moments where I'm like on my phone and on my phone and on my phone and they're like, hey mom, can you please get off your phone? And if you guys haven't heard my episode on six ways your phone changes you, you should go and listen to that because it is it changes your relationships. I don't want that to be their memory of me. Oh my gosh. It's like my biggest fear that that's their memory. And so I'm really, we really try to kind of shut things off and be present when we can, but the moments that we have work and we just don't have a choice, we just do it and try to explain it to them. But in those off moments, that's when we really fight for that eye to eye contact and creating those memories. And I think I have um, two episodes about this, like creating memories with your family and building a childhood that your child will remember because it takes mindfulness. It takes real 
planning and thoroughness and like you can make whatever childhood for your kids. And right now you can make this coronavirus whatever it can be. Like the children might, your kids might remember this as the best time in their lives because they jumped on the trampoline with mommy and daddy or they looked at the stars at night or they just spent all this time together playing. And so just focus on those really good things with them and try to make this sweet. But in the moments that TV is running rampant and they are playing their video games, don't allow yourself to feed into that guilt. Okay. Lastly, um, we will close out with this. Just being fearful of the new normal. I think for me, this is something that has weighed on me a lot because there are so many things I don't want to go back to in the new normal life whenever this ends. I don't want to get sucked back into the craziness and the busyness. And I think what that has to be for me right now is like setting those standards for myself and having accountability, telling friends, telling counselor, telling Jesse, this is what I want life to look like. And so please hold me accountable to that. For me, that slowness of life and not racing back and forth. God has really used this time for us to show us our idols, to show us what wasn't working. And we have the power to abide in him and to change the way that things are. I'm kind of on the opposite side because I'm definitely ready for the normal. Are you? (laughs) Yeah, I just like not having a gym. You guys, when we told you last time we gained 12 pounds, I think we're probably at like 18. When she said that I think we gained 18, she was just staring at me. So (laughs) I think that was... Directed at me, but <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm like definitely ready for normal, and I think there's a lot of people that are ready for normal. So you would be comfortable if everything went back to how it was before, like every detail. Yes, I don't we're on such different pages. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not guilting you for feeling. I that. I think that's mainly because like I'm still working. Like nothing's changed for me other than I have two kids crawling all over me while people are trying to call me and ask me questions about real estate. So yeah. I think in a, in a way it's more stressful for me now than it was before. And, and also like, you know, not me, not having any, like even 30 minutes or an hour worth of gym time or something like that has a dramatic like mental effect and yeah. physical effect on me. And so, so yeah, I, th- I definitely think I'm, I'm a hundred percent excited for this to be over with and be normal. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's interesting, but I think that's probably, there's a mix of that. And I think not knowing what is to come is what creates so much fear and anxiety in people. And so I just want to encourage you all, like read the book of James, if you're struggling with anxiety, because it really can bring peace and just remind you that God is in control of all things and that you don't have to be in control of what tomorrow looks like, whether we are in this until God forbid December or whether we're in this until May, either way he's in control and we can have peace and rest in that. So anyways, we love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode with us. If you enjoy this episode, please do take a screenshot and tag at Living Easy Podcast and share it. Um, This is how we can continue to grow the podcast and continue to do what we're doing. Thank you guys and stay healthy. Stay healthy. 
If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in this journey. If you're impacted, someone else might be too, so don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.myestis. Love you guys.